Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Good morning. Welcome to City Hills. If I haven't met you yet this morning, my name is Danny. I'm the pastor here. And I have to start today a little different because I have a moment of celebration. I I don't know if you know it, but I grew up in New Orleans. And so we don't have a whole lot of things to celebrate. But this week, we won the College Football National Championship. So you don't have to cheer for my boys. It's all right. I know you don't care about them, but I'm just letting you know that my home team actually did something good for the first time in a long time. And we won the national championship, so go Tigers. Yes. Well, welcome to week three of our our I Choose series. And we have been talking about a a bunch of different things. And I don't know about you, but the start of this new year has not gone exactly to plan at all. But you know what? We recognize and see that the choices that we make in our lives give us a chance to be able to head towards the things that we want to. And in week one, we talked about the importance of choosing purpose over popularity. And there will be moments in your life where you have to choose to do some things that aren't normal, right? There will be things in your life that you'll, you'll have to do that most of your friends will go, well, well, why are you doing that? And it's like, because you know what? I'm choosing my purpose over popularity. The last week we talked about choosing to surrender control and choosing surrender. Actually choosing to surrender and we, we talked about how we all have those CFTs, those control freak tendencies. Maybe you don't have them, but I know that I have some in my areas of life and, and I, I'm willing to bet that you do too. But in the end that when we trust God with those things and we surrender control to him, he leads us to places that we could not imagine. And so today I want to introduce our third choice by talking about a question. And so I I need some participation here. How many of you would say that you wish there was more time in life to do something that's important to you? You wish, okay, yeah, yeah, almost all of us. Okay, exactly. Some of you have more time than you know what to do with. That's okay. It's impressive. I would imagine that everyone would say, I wish I had more time to, to rest or to work out or to go and do something fun or spend time with my kids or to garden or to fish or to surf or whatever it is. We all wish we had more time, but if you're like most people, what takes precedent is, oh, I've, I got laundry and I've got to cut the grass and I got to take my kids to this event and I've got to go to work and work call me in and I got to go in another time and I got to do this and I got to do that and we just are just filled to the brim with all of these things in our lives. And I don't don't know if you've ever noticed this, and and I I knew this was coming in my sermon, so all day today I've been trying not to say it, and a few people have said it to me, and I'm like, I'm going to say it back to you, but I don't know about you, but anytime I ask someone, how are you doing, what's the most common response? How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm good. It's been busy. I'm busy. I'm, I'm, I've got so much happening. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anyone that I said, hey, man, how's it going? It's like, oh, bro, I'm chilling. I just, I got more time in life than I know what to do with. And I was, I was actually, I think I met a guy, we went on date night to Liberty Station, and this dude at Moniker's Coffee Shop, 
he, we were like, hey, do you have affogato? If you haven't had affogato, it's amazing. It's ice cream and espresso together. It's heaven. And so we were like, hey, do you have affogato? He's like, yeah, bro, we got affogato. We got like some, some mint ice cream from Christmas, and we make it with that. From Christmas, that's like, this is not a selling point. One, I don't want mint and coffee, but anyways. He, he probably had more time on his hand than anyone else I've ever known in my life. But honestly, I, I feel like for most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we wear busyness almost like this badge of honor. And I, I'm not pointing you out. I'm pointing to myself because I do the same thing when people say, hey, man, how's it going? You, you guys started a church? My, my response is rarely ever like, oh, man, let me tell you the story of what God is doing. Almost always my response is, oh, man, it's good, but oh, it's so busy. It's so busy. There's so many things happening. And I, it's like I almost wear it as this badge of honor in my life that busyness is happening. And, and to be real with you, I think there's something inside of me that feels like if I don't respond with saying it's busy, then the person's going to think that I'm failing. Like if I don't say, oh, man, there's so many things happening. It's so busy. It's a lot of things happening. If I don't say that, then they're going to think, well, what do you do with your life? You just sit around doing nothing. And so we, we fall into this tendency in our life. And our choice today that I want us to talk about is something really important, and it's a hard shift in our life, and it's this on the screen. I choose the important over the urgent. I choose the important over the urgent. I know for most of you, you're thinking, wait a minute, Tommy, aren't those the same exact things? Aren't all urgent things important? Well, no, actually, there isn't. We're going to look at some of the distinctions between important and urgent today because some urgent things in our lives are not always important. And the choice that we have to make today is choosing what is actually going to be important in our life over busyness. And to do that, I want to look at a couple of stories from the New Testament. The New Testament is, is the back half of the Bible. The New Testament is the, the part of the Bible where Jesus is actually walking on the earth and, and he's having interactions with people before he died on the cross and he rose again and he went up to heaven. And so we look in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10, and it's a super familiar story if you've ever been in church. If not, it's a simple story that we, that we see all the time, and it's Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. It says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was what? What's that word? Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to get off her tail and come do some work with me. Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. And, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with what she's doing. She, she wants to fix a good dinner for Jesus. Like, it wasn't a nobody, right? Like Jesus was showing up and he wants to do, she wants to do the right thing and, and do this. And in her mind, she's like, I have to do this. This is so important. This has to get done now. I mean, Jesus can't just sit there and be hungry. I mean, someone has to feed him. And here Mary is just chilling at his feet, having a conversation. And I'm doing all this work. And so she tattles on her sister. She does. She goes old school. She's like, Jesus, look at her. She's doing nothing. Pick her up. Tell her to get 
to work. I wonder today how many of us have been distracted from what was most important. The question we have to ask ourselves is what is what is the most important thing in your life that you've actually been distracted from doing? That's a tough question. What is the most important thing in your life that you've you've actually been distracted from doing? And for those of you, it, the, the example of Mary is, is an, a great one because for some of us that are Jesus followers, we would say, I've been distracted from like actually spending time with Jesus. There's so many things happening, and the first thing to go in my life is like the time that I spend praying or the time that I spend reading my Bible or, you know, doing a little devotion. And even that like five minutes a day or that 10 minutes a day, it just. If I, if, the, if I snooze the alarm or if just something crazy happens, it's the first thing to go. And we'd be honest with the, our, ourselves and we'd say, man, I'm, I've been distracted from, from Jesus. Some of you would say, I've been so busy doing things for my kids that I actually haven't really spent time with them. I haven't really worked on that relationship with them. Like it, We've just been getting all the checkboxes done, but I haven't made a real investment. For some of you, it would be honest and this is a challenging one for some of us. You've become child-centered in your home, and the only people who get attention is your kids, and, and the relationship that falls back is actually your marriage. And everything's about the kids. Everything, they're, they're good, and everything's happy, but you're just kind of in like a good partnership with this person that's supposed to be top priority in your life outside of Jesus, for some of you, it would be something that's more internal. There's a, an, an addiction or a habit or, or this sin or this just pain in your life that, that you've ignored dealing with for a long time because who has time to deal with our issues? Like, right, I got to go to work and I got things to do and I got bills to pay. I, I will fix me at some other point. But right now, I just got to make it through. I love what Jesus says to Martha. Martha's distracted and Jesus says, my dear Martha, some translations say, Martha, sweet Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. This is a super important verse. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And guess who discovered it? Mary. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Martha surrendered to the urgent, and Mary chose what was important. And listen, here's the deal. If, if we're not intentional about this, I promise you, the urgent will always take over the important. The urgent will always distract you from where you really want to be in your life. Because you and I, we have time for exactly what we choose to have time for. We actually get to choose. We have the time. We choose how we use it. Now, now, I don't want you to think, okay, well, great. Now I feel real wonderful about my life and how I'm running. And I appreciate it. You help me not at all. Well, here's three practical things that I really believe will help empower you to choose what's most important. And the first one's super simple. It's amazing. Determine what's important, right? You have to determine in your life what is important, who do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? What in your life is going to be considered successful? What does that look like? I can't determine that for you. Only God can. For me, personally, 
I, I strive. What's important to me is that I strive to be healthy spiritually and physically. Spiritually is kind of a given. Like, I can't really be a pastor and be all jacked up. I mean, you can, man. It just doesn't work for very long. But, like, I try to make sure that me and God are kind of, like, good for the most part. Physically, for me, if, I, like, I've been sick the last couple weeks. I, we, I caught this plague, and I haven't been able to go to the gym like I normally do. And I just, I feel gross. Like, everything in my life just feels gross and slow, and my brain won't work. And I don't even know where I am right now because I haven't been to the gym in, like, three weeks. It's killing me. So physically, that's one of the things that's important to me. I, for another one is that I want to be engaged relationally. And for me, it's really practical. Me and God are, are, are good. And so where it falls in my life is relationally, Lauren comes first. And guess who comes second? The kids. Always. If that priority gets switched, we have issues and we fight and things don't work right and things are just off. So wife first for me, kids second, family and friends. I have I, I'm not like the life of the party kind of guy, but I have to have people in my life, right? Like I have to have, be around people. So I need to have those relationships going, and that's important for me. I make sure that happens. So I want to be intentional in my purpose. For me, I want to help people discover more purpose in their life, and so I'm, I am about that. It's important to me. That means that sometimes when people need that conversation and something else has to press pause, then I'm going to choose that because I want to – intentionally lean into the purpose. And the last one for me is that I want to enjoy life. If I'm not enjoying life, I might as well just quit, right? Like, I, we live in this incredible city, and yes, it's expensive, but we live in this incredible city. I want to enjoy life. We went to the farmer's market yesterday, and the farmer's market for me, my, my, uh, my mom and, and Lauren were messing with me. They're like, you're never happy when we come here. I'm not. Like, I don't understand what happens. Either one of my children loses their minds or I just deal with hobby. I call them craft freaks, like Hobby Lobby freaks. They, they just ignore your existence and they push you out the way. And so, like, there's a lady I was pushing the stroller and she just, like, walked up and literally hit my arms off of the stroller, like, and then looked at me like I did something wrong. I'm like, I'm a Judy chop you in the neck like this always it just but at the same time walking in my beautiful city and looking down that hill down to the water I'm like whoo I've got a good life I live in a beautiful city and just those moments of enjoying embracing this season and having fun in it so all of my choices center around these these areas these are non-negotiable for me the second one is that we create artificial deadlines Create artificial deadlines. Be strategic about your, your schedule because for a lot of us that when we have jobs, a lot of our day is taken up. So that means we have to be super strategic about the time that we have. Use every moment purposefully. For me, a couple examples that I would do whenever I had like a drive home and it, it was like we used to live where we, it took about 30 minutes to get home. I would always have like important phone calls on that drive home because it's just another thing that I didn't have to do once I walked in the door. Like it was a priority for me that once I walked in the door, I am present at home. I don't want to like be on the phone and the girl's like, daddy, and I'm like, ah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, get off, get off, right? Like I want to be present when I get home. 
Another thing for me that, that I, I've, I've done for a long time and, and I definitely do in this season is that I have a hard end to my day. So every day, the end of my work day is at 3.30. And at 3.30, I pack my stuff and whatever didn't get done, didn't get done. And I go to the gym and I work out and I'm home in time for dinner to spend time with my family. And that's, that's a priority for me. It's important for me. The gym is there because if I don't do that, I will be a mental wreck for all of you. I just, I'm just letting you know. I need that time to be healthy mentally and, and physically and spiritually. And then I get home and, and I spend time with my family. And obviously when, when things come up and emergencies happen, you know, we, we take care of that. We understand that being in, in the role that we are. But for the work portion of my day, it ends at a hard time. And maybe for some of you, that's what you need to do. Give yourself 30 minutes after work is done where you're thinking about work and you're figuring out what tomorrow is going to look like. But when you hit that hard end of the day, it's over. Because guess what? Your boss doesn't care if you're thinking about work at home because they're not. They're at home and they're trying to do whatever they have to do. And so we have to make hard ends to our days where we go, okay. I've done all that I can do in this day. Now I have to prioritize what is most important. Focus on what is important, not what's urgent. But something's on fire at work. Are you on the clock? No. Then it ain't your problem. Go to bed. Go hang out with your friends. Go do something. Stop thinking about work. We can use this for our daily goals, but also set timelines for your dreams and for your visions. I've I've heard of, of football coaches that they actually, like, name the days of the week. Like, each day has a specific thing, like Competition Tuesday. I don't know what that means, but it's like they have competition on Tuesday. I would imagine it was every day, but specifically that one. But so in your life, instead of, like, Taco Tuesday, make it, like, Monday Laundry Annihilation Day. Like, Monday is the day that all laundry gets taken care of. If it doesn't fall on Monday, I'm just going to have dirty underwear for the rest of the week. Like, Monday is the day. While I'm watching The Bachelor, I am taking care of laundry, right? I am going to annihilate the laundry. Whatever, name your days. Give purpose behind what you're doing. Because can, can we just be honest? If we don't do it intentionally, it'll just bleed through every single day. And everything, these little things that we have to do in our life that are real life things, they will just take over all of our time. And what feels urgent, like having clean clothes, will keep you from something that's important. And you'll never feel like you have purpose in your life because you're just knocking out what is urgent and nothing that is important. I would argue in our life, and it's on the screen, that the barrier to a meaningful life is not the lack of commitment, but overcommitment. You and I don't have more meaning in our life because we just aren't, we're not committed enough. We're not working hard enough. No, it's probably because we're overcommitted. And we're overcommitted to things that at the end of the day, it doesn't fall under the important. It just falls under the urgent. Busyness doesn't necessarily equal productivity. I love this statement. The best leaders do not do more. The best leaders do more of what matters most. The best moms don't do more. The best moms do more of what matters most. The best employees don't do just more. They do more of what matters 
most. Before we get to the, the third practical step that I, I'm really excited about, I want to look at one more story from the New Testament in the, in the little bit of time that we have. And it's a story that this week, as I was, I was looking over this message, it, it was kind of a, a change. I was just going to do the one story, and I just felt like God was bringing me to this story again. And it's in Mark chapter 5, and the story begins with a man named Jairus coming to Jesus. And it says this, Jesus got into the boat again, and he went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him. And then there was a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded fervently with him. He said, Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. And Jesus went with him, and the people followed, crowding them. And to shorten the story for us, as he was walking through the crowd, hidden among all of the people was this woman. And this woman had been dealing with some kind of disorder in her life that made her bleed. And this bleeding had gone on for 12 years, and it just become this thing in her life that she'd gone to doctors, she'd spent all of her money trying to be healed of this disease, and it just was not happening. And because this disease wouldn't heal, most likely in this culture, the people said, you've got to get out of the city. You are unclean. Whatever is wrong with you, you've got to go. This is not happening. So the fact that she was in the crowd is this highly scandalous thing for her. But she thought to herself, if I could just touch the robe of Jesus, I believe if I just touch it, then I'll be healed. And so that's what she did. She sneaks into the crowd. She sneaks through all of the people and full of faith. She grabs his robe as he's walking by. And guess what happens? She's healed. And it happens. And I can I can only picture her in this crowd as she's crawled through the feet and she grabs his robe and she feels something in her body internally just shift. And she knows it happened. I believed it and it happened. It's healed. This, this whole ordeal is over. And I can imagine her in a ball at the feet of the people, dust everywhere, just bawling her eyes out because she's healed and it happened. But Jesus felt something happen in his spirit. He felt healing power leave him. And he started to ask, who, whoa, 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 stop. Who touched me? And this, the disciples, which I would have been just like them, I'm like, bro, what you talking about? Who touched you? We're in the farmer's market. Everybody is touching you. Like, did you not just hear the story? They're just like, get out of the way. I don't care about your children. Like, what do you mean who touched you? And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. And at the same time, I can imagine Jairus is on the edge of the crowd going, what are you doing? Didn't you hear my daughter is dying? Why, why are you asking these questions? What is going on? Let's go. We've got to hurry. I don't have time for this. But Jesus was adamant. And finally, verse 33, the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, she came and she fell to her knees in front of him. And told him what happened. And I can imagine this is this long story. And Jairus is going, woman, come on. Get to the point. Let's go. Let's go. But Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. But look at this. This is so important. While he was speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, Jairus, 
your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. No use talking to Jesus anymore. But Jesus overheard them and he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Jesus did something that you and I have to do that's so incredibly difficult. Jesus, knowing the urgency of this little girl's situation, still chose to take time to speak to this woman. Why? Because it was important. And in the meantime of Jesus handling what was important, it took priority in the midst of it. Someone died. It was over. And, and man, as I was reading this story again this week, I just felt like the Lord was saying there's people that are dealing with this right now in their lives. And it's the, the, the third point is this. I must choose what is going to lose in this season. I must choose what's going to lose in this season. Jesus understood that as he was taking time with this woman and it was important and it had to be done that something was going to lose in that moment. And how many of you know that in your life you just can't win at everything? As, as much as I, I am not a fan of losing at all. You play a board game with me, and I'll be nice for a little while, but when we get towards the end, the competition is going to rise up a little bit, and I'm just warning you from now. I don't like losing, but we can't win at everything. And so what in your life right now is going to be a purposeful loss? What in the timeout? I don't know what you're talking about. Are you saying that you want me to lose? Yep. You, you want me to take a loss in something, but, but I care about that. Yep. But it's important to me. Cool. In this season and the grand scope of who you're trying to be, can you do it successfully and not wreck your entire life? Well, no. Then something has to lose. Not everything can be a win. In this season, you may have to press pause, and maybe it feels like it dies. And listen, I'm, I'm not saying this from a place of like, hey, this is good theoretically. Lauren and I navigate this every day. And it's one of the most difficult things that we've ever walked through because Lauren has a business that requires a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of focus and a lot of creativity, and it, it requires effort, but so does our young family. And so does this crazy idea that we had of, hey, we're going to stay in San Diego and we're going to plan a church. And so what that means is that this dream, this passion of hers, sometimes in our lives, in certain seasons, has to lose. And let me tell you, as a husband, man, it sucks. It is not fun. It's not, it's not comfortable to watch your wife who has this dream and passion to do this not be able to do it. And you feel like, I, should I do more? And knowing that we're doing everything we could. But in this season, sometimes it has to take a loss. And the thing that we wish could be the biggest priority of her focus and her time and her energy has to be on the back burner. Why? Because, sure, she could try her very best to give everything she can to everything. But guess who suffers? Her health, her mentality, our relationship, our kids, the church. Everything suffers 
So in this season, she chooses, you know what, this is just going to have to be on pause. And, and could you imagine Jairus is standing there and he's watching Jesus take his time with this woman and he's going, what are you doing? And these guys walk up and he's, they say, it's over. It's done. She's dead. I'm so sorry, sir, but it's, it's over. Just leave Jesus alone. But Jesus looks at him and he says, don't be afraid. Have faith. And that dream, and I felt like the Lord had me write this down, that dream, that daughter, that goal, that hope, that desire that seems dead right now because it cannot be what's most important is not dead forever. And you and I have to get to a place where we do not believe the voice that says, if you can't do it now, then you'll never be able to do it. And I feel like somebody today needs to hear that, that there's some area of your life that you passionately want to do something, but right now it's just not happening. And your enemy wants to tell you, well, if you can't do it now, then it's over. You might as well give up. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Have faith. And this amazing thing happened. Jesus goes and he sees the crowd outside of Jairus' house and he kicks everyone out. And he goes to the little girl. And he took the girl's father and mother and, and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Verse 41, holding her hand, he said to her, Talith kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. This woman had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. This little girl is 12 years old when she dies. And Jesus brings healing to a pain that's been lasting 10 years. And he brings life to a dream that seemed like it was dead. There are seasons in our lives where something you care about has to take the label of urgent, but it doesn't fall in line with what is most important. Look at this last point. Even when that dream, that goal, that wish, that relationship seems dead, if we focus on the important and we trust Jesus, Jesus will do the miraculous. There are some things in our life that have been pressing us that are urgent, that feel important. And Jesus said, that's not what's most important in this season. I need you to focus on this. And as you focus on this, I promise you, even though it feels like it's dying in the background, I'm working. Have faith. Have faith. Trust me that as you are working on the important, I will take care of the rest. The challenge for us is that you and I have time for whatever we deem is important, whatever we determine is important. So what will you choose today? We have a choice. What do we choose today? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. For some of you, it's, it's just focusing on your schedule. It's, it's focusing on how you choose what's important, how you create those artificial batter, those, those deadlines, those boundaries in your life. 
And if that's you, I would encourage you that even where it feels practical, there's something spiritual about it where where God is going to take your practical steps of just trying to get your life in order, and he's going to do something miraculous in that. But for those of you that there's this dream and this passion and this, there's just something on the inside that you just feel like no matter what you do, you can't get to it. And that, that voice in your head says you got to wreck everything in this season to make it happen right now. My prayer for you is that whatever Jesus is telling you is most important right now, focus on it. And even when that dream feels dead, he can bring life to the lifeless. And in his time, what he raises up will be remarkable. Jesus, right now in this moment, I pray for every person in this room. God, I pray for myself. You know me. You know how quickly the urgent can just rise up to the top. And at the end of the day, I'll look back and go, man, I didn't accomplish what was most important to me today. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to choose the important over the urgent, that we would handle the things that we know you have called us to. And Lord, your, your word tells us that as we put you first, as we seek first your kingdom, as we seek first the plan that you have for our life, all things will fall into place behind it. So Jesus, we focus on you. We focus on what you are calling us to make important. We believe that in this new season, even as it's been a crazy start already in this year, we believe that you're going to do the impossible in our lives in 2020. For some people in this room, God, you're going to bring a dream back to life in their life. You're going to bring hope back into their lives. But it all starts with a relationship with you. We focus on you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we take practical steps today, that we would see your hand at work, we would feel your presence, and that we would choose the important over the urgent. And we'll watch how you do the miraculous. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.